Hi, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So tell me, how was your week? Brian, so it seems like the moral arc of the universe is starting to bend toward justice, but the fact that the arc has swung so far into depravity is extremely disturbing. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, and given that we are on this pendulum swinging towards the unknown at the speed of sound, we've decided that there is only one solution. I'm proud to announce that this week in Nope is now tethered to the blockchain. We are on the blockchain. <laughs> so coming to you from the blockchain, this is This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. All right, Rachel. So here we are on the blockchain. What 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 are we starting with this week? So, Brian, we are beside ourselves with glee today. <laughs> with glee, it's an unusual emotion for us. I've never experienced it before. So we're we're just so excited. We have a special guest today, Walt Mossberg, who is the former tech columnist for the Wall Street Journal, co-founder of All Things D. Recode, the Code Conference, He's the and many dean other of things. Technology journalism. Yes, <laughs> and most recently, board member for the News Literacy project. So, welcome, Walt. Yeah. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm having a little <laughs> trouble finding my balance on the blockchain. <laughs> I mean, I've never done a podcast on the blockchain, but I'm thrilled to be here. It's, it's This good. is probably my favorite podcast, as you know. So we appreciate you. that. You've been a great, a total great, honor. great supporter. Um, so you're going to join us for the entire podcast. You have your own notes. You're going to weigh in on our notes. That's it's everything we ever hoped and dreamed everything for. that this glass of wine in front of me <laughs> will keep me going for. Everything I'll be here for. Okay, Rachel. How do we start the podcast? So um, normally we address the elephant in the room, which is the thing that's on everybody's mind, but is just too disgusting had, to talk we've about. Had trouble lately because there's <laughs> never just one elephant anymore. I mean. This week, in the words of our EP, Karen Novak, it's not just an elephant. It's a three-ring circus. It's a circus. We have the whole circus. <laughs> we have animals running amok. And it is appropriate that you say that because there has been nope news. This is the perfect nope ever. So <laughs> apparently, in response to uh, protests from PETA, people for the whatever ethical treatment of animals, uh, Nabisco that makes the, the animal, animal crackers cr that we've all grown up with, with a little string and the thing, they have liberated the animals from the circus. If you recall, <laughs> there's a picture of the, no. of the cage no. with the animals in it, right? Well, in response to, you know, circuses are no good, they're abusive to animals, those animals are now running wild on the savannah. <laughs> and I Thank have to God. Tell you, I have to tell you, I am worried that there's going to be a massacre. <laughs> what happens if, like, the lion eats the ostrich? Eats the... There's going to be blood everywhere. Brian, it's going to soil the goodness of our childhood with the animal this crackers. This not good for anybody. Okay, but, so there's but a circus. There's, a there's circus. an circus in the room, but uh, there's an elephant, but too. The, but the real elephant is the Cohen, Manafort, oh. Hunter, indictment, oh. guilty plea, uh, three trifecta. Of them. Three of them in one day. In one day. It was insane. Yesterday... It was a fire hose of indictments. Within minutes, we saw Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen plead guilty to 16 felonies. Well, convicted and pled guilty, Get, right? Yes. yes. Uh, eight each. Um, <laughs> <laughs> An eight for good measure. <laughs> um, and yeah, Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to tax evasion, making false statements, two campaign 
finance charges, and that's the interesting part. Okay. So Take me through it. Walk me through it. So Michael Cohen submitted phony invoices for legal services in 2017 to the Trump Organization, even though he did the work paying off two women in 2016. And so in January 2017, the month that Trump was sworn into office, Cohen sent an invoice to the Trump Organization. Of course he should be paid, paid for his of work. Of course, or at least for, reimbursed for his wonderful for his services. Expenses. Of course, there are labor laws. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he submits this invoice for $130,000 for the payment to Stormy Daniels, yes. plus a $50,000 bonus yes. that he labeled tech services. <laughs> that's who you want to call for tech services, Michael Cohn. But the invoice was not $180,000. It was $180,035. $35? What is that for? He billed the Trump Organization for the $35 wire fee. <laughs> Let that sink in for a moment. Okay. And then, Walt, you, you wanted to talk about the Birkin yeah, bag. Yeah, I mean, I listen, <laughs> I'm not an expert on Birkin bags. Who among us is? Well, there might be a, somebody among us who is. I don't know. All I know is I have been schooled by my wife over the years, who does not own a Birkin bag, that these are expensive handbags. Yes. 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 Very desirable very expensive. Hard to get. Coveted. But what she never told me and what I never knew is that you could make a living as a Birkin bag broker. Oh, a reseller. And one of the charges <laughs> against Michael Cohen was that he made and failed to report that he made $30,000 as a broker, in quotes, for Birkin bags. He's not the Birkin bag. So I am thinking, I am thinking, I've been retired about a year from journalism now. I'm thinking of coming out of retirement and starting a career as a Birkin bag it's broker. a very high margin business, but you have to report it to the IRS. Please, they please will... don't. But can you charge it as a campaign expense to Trump? I mean, if, if you had, then it would have been legal if it had been reported as a campaign expense. But it was not. It was not. But I think that Michael Cohen, it's going to be discovered that he's stealing handbags from the Regency. <laughs> from the Regency. Where he conducts all his business. Yes. Right? yes. And just selling them on the open market. Right. I mean, just hit up Tom D'Agostino and Luanne de Lesseps oh. and like, just grab all the cougar bags you can. Yep. They're, they're right there for the taking. It's and like, Canal Street is right here. You can get all kinds of Birkin. All right. But here's the question. What do you think a $30,000 brokerage fee gets you in a Birkin bag? Because there's a wide – I understand from a little research I did about this, there's a wide variety of prices. You're and right. it depends on the material. Yep. And, of course, my mind immediately went to ostrich. Ostrich. Yes. <laughs> that would be for Which Paul Manafort. brings Manor. us to Paul I understand, but maybe there's some simpatico. Maybe he was brokering an ostrich. It's possible. Right, and Trump said there's nothing to do between Michael Cohen and, and Paul Manafort. It has nothing to do with him. But, in fact, maybe the ostrich is the missing link. It's Rachel, why don't you link. take us into Paul Manafort yes, now? Yes, so Paul Manafort pleaded guilty to eight of 18 charges, and the jury was hung on the remaining 10. <laughs> and I have so many questions on like how <laughs> which like what <laughs> 10 <laughs> how could you not convict this guy on all 18 well plus Rachel wasn't there one they convicted him on the the exact same charge there were like 4 years or 5 years mm -hmm. where there was the exact same charge i forgot what it was no, some slimy thing and they convicted him on the 2012 one 
And they were hung on the 2013. I know. <laughs> exactly. What? He got more savvy, more subtle by 2013. He figured out the ins and outs. This guy, the most amazing thing is that this guy hid $60 million in income in 31 foreign bank accounts, yet he managed to go broke <laughs> by buying ostrich Six, vests. $61,031. So he had $2,000 in each bank account? I don't know. Like my intern has more than $2,000 no, in no, their bank account. Million, 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 million. Okay, I take it back. Sixty million dollars. <laughs> he managed to just burn through that. That's a very like high end lifestyle. He was he, yes, he was living the ostrich <laughs> and alligator life. He was living la vida loca, is but, what he was. So both of these stories were just they happened around the same time. It was explosive. Four p.m. My I remember it's like a date that's in infamy. Yeah, in right, right. But it later in the day, Duncan Hunter, a California <laughs> Republican congressman. And this is like the craziest one of all. He was indicted for using his campaign money, basically just like to fund his lifestyle. Right. And he, he and what's his name? Collins, right, were the original two congressmen who came out for Trump. They were the first, the two, first two to who endorse him. And now what do they have in common, Brian? They have both been indicted, <laughs> indicted. for grifting. <laughs> for grifting. Yep. Grifters our- for the grifter. <laughs> grifters for everybody. And they were he was using campaign money to go on vacations in Italy, Hawaii, Las Vegas. And he bought tickets to Riverdance. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna risk going to jail by misappropriation of funds, Riverdance, do something. At least go to Celine Dion. I know. Go to Britney in right. residence at the at the. I don't know, Mamma Mia, whatever. That's but, a great show. Do it. But so yeah, I mean, the indictment it was 47 pages long, and there there's just a few things that I want to detail because <laughs> so he. He overdrew his bank account on average three times a week, every day, every week for seven years. Now, I work with a lot of startups who do that. Okay. But they have an excuse. Um, His wife, Margaret Hunter, spent $307 in campaign funds at Target to purchase a tablecloth, three square pillows, a three-piece brush set. Four window panels, a white duck. <laughs> Wait, a <laughs> live duck? Target sells live Some sort of duck sculpture. <laughs> some kind of sculpture. Two punky Brewster items. <laughs> And a ring pop. A ring oh, pop. Does Target sell punky Brewster items I, that exist? This, Why don't it, they have Mr. Belvedere? I don't understand. <laughs> when did this happen? This happened last year. Well, I had year? to look up ring pop. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know what it is. It's like a candy. It's okay. Like, yeah. It's like, like a dragon's pop. breath. Some yeah. sort of dragon's breath. Yes. And <laughs> the pièce de résistance is that he spent $561 for dinner with his mother. Yep. At Del Frisco's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Karen and I have eaten at Del Frisco's. <laughs> okay, fine. It's a chain steakhouse. The, but, like, I looked at the menu. <laughs> and the most expensive thing on the menu is a bone-dry aged ribeye. It costs $125, and it's for two. Okay. So, so what did they do? Did they buy all the sides? They, they, they looked at the like, menu and, like, I'll have one of everything? <laughs> like, I don't know. Get the onion rings or the hash brown potatoes. Don't get a both. Don't get, don't a, get the cream. Like, the, don't get everything. No, Just get a thing. No, no. <laughs> this is terrible. Did they buy, like, you know? 
a hundred and fifty dollar box of wine. Well, like him and his mother just like partying <laughs> down at Del. It's Frisco. a Mother's Day. It's a Mother's Day to remember. <laughs> no, or can we know? Can we shut this down? No, these people are horrible. No, this is... of course they're horrible. We knew that, but thank you for highlighting the. Um, the shut the, it. Down. Shut, <laughs> shut it, it down. down. No, 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 no. These people are animals. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what else are animals, Rachel? What goats. Goats. You mean the actual animals. Right. So we've been talking about the circus. I would like to talk about a goat rodeo. <laughs> because because we have we have a multiplicity of goat, goat items to talk about this week. We've been saving them up. There was one last week and we were like, okay, like this is important, but you know, what what is what is a fact? One is a fact. Two is like a possible. Three is a trend. Three is a trend. I got three. <laughs> I got three, so we're going with it. Here okay. we go. So you may have heard a couple of weeks ago, uh, this was in Idaho. Yep. At 7.15 a.m., uh, homeowners uh, on West Summerwind Drive in Boise awoke to 118 goats running amok uh, on their front lawns, eating anything they could. They were munching on these manicured lawns. Now, it is not hard to figure out where goats come from. There can only be so many goats in a community. Even one is like a megalopolis, like Boise. Boise. Um, but these were not amateur goats. These were professional goats. I read that too. Professional. professional. And I was like, what on earth is a professional goat? They are I will tell you. So uh, they are owned by Kim and Matt Garcia, and they have a business called, quote, We Rent Goats. <laughs> Call Which it, is, come on, it's a great it name. Call yeah. it what it is. It's, it's not like name. Goatly, goat.ly. It's we rent goats. Call it what it is, right? So um, the problem was that someone had rented the goats uh, to, <laughs> to eat weeds at a what they call a local retention pond. I don't know what that is. Maybe in Idaho people know what that is. And apparently while they were eating the weeds, they're good at eating weeds. So they performed that service, community service. Mm -hmm. And while eating the weeds, there were some tall weeds. And they reared up on their hind legs to get the tall weeds. They, they sort of fell down on a, on a, a, a gate. They breached the fence oh. and they all went storming. They stormed they the barricades. Storming they stormed the barricades. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So there's good news though. So uh, anyway, these, these goats were, did no harm other than eating the lawns on this road, on this night thing. The kids were delighted. There was petting. The residents came out and pet them. It was actually like a little bit of a, a delightful incident for the otherwise uneventful world of Boise, Idaho. But the good news is, is that the Goat owners have goat insurance. <laughs> so, uh, despite the fact that there were certain lawn owners who were dismayed and had to like pay to reseed their lawns or whatever it is, it is covered by the goat insurance. This was this was a thank God. This was, I know, I know. There's insurance for it's everything. A big business, right? It's... Right. Remember the uh, peacocks that used to dive bomb the shiny cars? Yes. When they were British the red, and they had peacock insurance. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's insurance for everything. Please. Take advantage of it. Okay. The second goat item I have uh, is right here in New York. Not in Idaho, right here in New York. Um, and in the last few days, there were goats who were seen uh, walking along the outdoor tracks on the N subway line uh, in Brooklyn. So they were just strolling around. There were two goats who were allegedly named Willie and Billy. Were they professionals? <laughs> I, think they were, I think they were amateurs. Okay. I think were amateur. they insured? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. They were. They certainly had a, a safety net because uh, 
Someone came and took them off the subway such that there were no delays in the subway. There's delays for every reason except for goats, I suppose. And the person who came and rescued them was John Stewart. (laughs) I've been wondering what he's up to. (laughs) John Stewart. So I have so many questions. So many questions. Okay. First question, obviously, is how did the goats get there? You don't have a lot of goats in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. right? And how do they escape and get on the subway tracks? But by far the more important question is, how what did the John fuck Stewart was John Stewart doing there? <laughs> I mean, he's sort of retired, right? He's just retired, semi-retired. And now he combs the subways of New York right. looking well, for animals? Was he there by chance? Was he called in? Like, okay, but <laughs> no, Rachel... There's a history of this. So John Stewart is like on animal patrol. <laughs> Is that serious? Yes, he rescued an Angus bull in Queens (laughs) in 2016. What was an Angus bull doing in Queens? We can ask ourselves. He was waiting for Del Frisco's. He was going to be slaughtered for (laughs) for his meat. So John Stewart and his wife contribute to like an animal sanctuary. But John Stewart, like, why do you have to be the one capturing the animals? Like the money, money. don't contribute the manual labor. You have better things to do with your time and talent. (laughs) Yes, we miss you. I think this is because of the the animal cracker circus being let loose. That's what's happening is all the animals are running well, loose. The goats are taking over. That's right. Humans happening. and animals should not interact. As we've said many times, <laughs> this is the problem. Final item about the goats. Um, we have talked in the past <laughs> about three. goat yoga. I think we talked twice about it. Yes. Not just about snake therapy, but about goat <laughs> yoga as well. And um, maybe taking their cue from us, maybe they listen to our podcast. There is now a book that is flying off the shelves or out the Kindles or wherever books fly nowadays. Yes. And it's called Goat Yoga. The light in me honors the goat in you. <laughs> no, and actually, this woman I know, Kathleen Schmidt, was the agent for that book. <laughs> there was an agent? It, it's not self-published, like no, the no, Arizona like State actually like an imprint. Okay. It's Is this a, one of her bigger books? I think it's her first book as oh, an agent. First, it's like the fall 2019 yeah. like, list. It's the big... It's so not. did she pull down a big advance for the author? I don't know. For the okay. goat, let's, maybe. Let's listen, let's listen to the like Kirkus Review. Let's listen to the Kirkus Review. Star review publishers weekly okay so this is it it does seem like it's lightly satirical but uh, i don't know it's a little combination you be the judge so this is the description on amazon it says this crowd-pleasing trend is undeniably hilarious utterly uddrly ridiculous and best of all all caps fun we promise that you will forget all your troubles during this unprecedented blend of yoga asana and petting zoo. Not only only will you get get a great stretch, but the nonstop laughter will make your endorphins soar. Who wouldn't buy that book? It's going to be like New York Times bestseller number one. So we'll, I'm we'll ordering link. it right now. My phone. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we'll link to it in the show notes. Congratulations, Kathleen <laughs> Tov, Goat people. No goats. Like I don't want to hear about any more goats. This has been Brian. We, this is too many. We tried to put goats. it off, but it was uh, like a tsunami of we goat news. We, we had to address ignore it. it. It was its own goat in the room. We had to deal with it. No. 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 Rachel, should we move on to a more serious topic? Yeah, I think we should move on. Um... Let's move on to something really more important. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to talk about a barbershop. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it's fa- a barbershop. Um, and uh, stay with me. It's going somewhere. This is a barbershop that started in South Florida in South Beach, and it's called Razzle Dazzle Men's Grooming. And Razzle Dazzle is one word with a capital D. 
razzle dazzle. Uh-huh. And the benefit here, the, the, the special angle, is that when you go to this men's spa, men's salon, you get a dazzler girl who is a girl in like an old timey costume. She looks like she's like in Chicago, like like Roxy or Velma, like in these like hand jazz hands kind of things or like a Tropicana showgirl. And, and she cuts your hair. And uh-huh. there's a photo on the website, which we'll link to in the show notes, um, that shows them giving you a hand and neck massage while you're getting shorn. Um, and it, it looks like she's doing this with her boobs. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's like the oh hooters of men's grooming. So my immediate reaction to this, I saw this. I'm like, I'm not going to put this on. Nope. This is just too ridiculous, uh, which never stopped me before. And I said, like, OK, this is in South Beach. Fucked up things happen there. It would never happen in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Never happen in New York City. We're here in Tribeca, which is a very classy neighborhood. A lot of families live here. Some, you know. Celine Dion. (laughs) Mariah Carey is across the street. Seriously, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Meryl Streep just sold her uh, condo, uh, you know, a few blocks away. Yeah. Christy Turlington. No, there's celebrity. Okay, we get the idea. It's a fancy neighborhood. Um, But... I was walking around the neighborhood the other day, and sure enough, in the window, coming soon, razzle-dazzle men's grooming. Brian, this is insane. I have so many questions. Okay, first of all, what kind of haircut do you get at razzle-dazzle? I feel like it's haircut. like a mullet it's or like bust. It's in your face. No. Okay, let's, let's, let's read the marketing copy. As always, just like let's take people at their word and go okay. with the marketing copy. It's a New York-themed barbershop. Okay, nothing sells New Yorkers like telling them it's a New York-themed something. Just be fucking New York. You're in New York. Okay, it's a New York-themed barbershop. It's a throwback to the 1940s era. An oasis for men of all ages who enjoy getting pampered or mampered. Man-purred. Man-purred. No. <laughs> no. Okay, this is about It's like no. stepping into the Godfather or Moulin Rouge. It is an no. abomination. No. We'll link to the pictures. It's... This is a disgrace. Uh, I mean, the que- your question about the mullet yeah. is the key question. Because if this woman is giving you a massage, even if it's in your upper body, <laughs> and using her breasts in it or appearing to, how is she going to be able to do a good job cutting your hair? And how much do you think this haircut costs? I'm, I'm sure it's very expensive. This is like a hundred and fifty dollar haircut, which for men is a really yeah, glad. That is a lot. Right. Yeah, and, there's and not it's a coming out as a mullet. A hundred percent of the cases. I think they should just own it. Like, have a menu with like two items: mullet, not mullet. <laughs> and if it's not mullet, they just show you the door. Sorry, like we don't do that. That's out. That's off the menu today. We only or, have mullet. Or another option. Let's be fair. They could just say. Massage from scantily clad woman or haircut. That's it. <laughs> no, Razzle Dazzle, I don't want to see you. I will report back when you are open. Maybe I'll even go and get a Razzle Dazzle just for fun. <laughs> Your hair will be like all like sort of misshapen and people will be like, oh, you went to Razzle, razzle Dazzle. Dazzle. <laughs> no, no, shut it down. <laughs> Rachel, what's next? Um, You know, I I feel like all of this is making me wonder if we are living in a simulation and there's nobody better equipped. Are we in real life or is this a fantasy? (laughs) Caught in a landslide. landslide. (laughs) No escape from reality. (laughs) 
But I, I feel like there's nobody better equipped to answer this question than Walt, who had a discussion with Elon Musk. Right. About who, this and Eric who topic. better for you to ask than Elon Musk? And Elon who is, Musk, who has yes. contemplated these issues. So this is a little bit of a throwback. This happened uh, a couple of years ago when Elon made uh, an appearance at uh, the conference I, ru- I ran with Kara Swisher for many years. And Kara and I were interviewing him. And, uh, you know, we were talking about what you talk about with Elon Musk, which is like boring tunnels and hyperloops and, you know, uh, 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 why we all need to flee to Mars. I think that was a big topic that evening. Um, and still a little, little bit about Tesla, you know. He was still yeah. making more expensive Teslas then, promising to make the $35,000 car that, of course, he seems unable to make. But then we went to audience Q&A. And someone stood up in the audience and said, I, have a, I wonder if you think much about whether, instead of being real, life on Earth is actually a, a simulation by alien, created by aliens <laughs> playing a video game. And Musk, like most CEOs, he gave the traditional CEO answer to that, which is, I've thought a lot about that. <laughs> I think about that almost every day. I'm paraphrasing, but right. you can all go on YouTube. Well, you we'll can post it, it in, the sh- right. in the show yeah. notes. It's close that we watched. And it. he close said, yes. and he said, my brother and I talk about this so much that we've had to ban discussing it while we were in the hot tub. How oh. often are they in the hot tub to get like? Who among us, when we're in a hot tub, does not talk about the possibility that we are all in a virtual reality? Well, the only time like, I ever talk about right? Well, the questioner. Josh Topolsky, uh-huh. one of the founders of The Verge, Josh Topolsky is quite pleased and amused and amazed by this answer. Mm-hmm. Karen and I are dumbfounded, <laughs> which is not a typical condition for Karen. And I. <laughs> right. right. I've never seen her as quiet as she was yeah, during that. Yeah, you look question. at the video, or, or I mean, I'm we're sitting. She's like shrinking back like, into her chair. <laughs> she's shrinking back into her chair, and I'm leaning forward because this is like, this is like watching. You know, somebody, uh, uh, I don't know. It's just like incredible. Of course, it prepared us. Like watching Elon it prepared Musk. us for what happened in the ensuing years, yes. the daily Elon Musk show. But he then said that he thought, and I may be getting this wrong. Everybody who watches it can maybe write in. But I think he said he thought there was a chance of maybe one in billions that we are living in what he called base reality. Base right. reality. And that otherwise we were, we were in part a of an alien simulation <laughs> and that that was probably a good thing because if humanity somehow shuts down, it can now be rebooted by the exactly. aliens. No, no, here's why it's a better thing is that that's why it justifies all of his bad behavior because he whatever he's doing that real. we observe in our allegedly, in our unlikely to be base case scenario here in some other, in the next iteration of the multiverse, he's actually behaving quite nicely. And another one, like Azalea Banks, isn't locked into his like Grimes hostel. <laughs> right? There's all kinds of like alternate universes where everything is fine. This might have been pre Grimes. Right. I'm okay. not sure. But we're just stuck in the base case here where he's awful. Right. Right. So, okay. but am I, I just submit that if everyone had paid closer attention, to our conference and his answer at that point, none of us would be surprised. SEC, you should have been watching. Yeah. You should have been Trump watching. Trump would not have been elected if we had just listened. If, if we had just, just paid all attention. watched This was the moment when it all began to go downhill. Now, it raises I, another question, Rachel, which I think, you know, you, you have some passionate thoughts about, which yeah. is that his whole 
theory that Walt discussed is predicated on the notion that we're going to continue to evolve virtual reality such to the point that there are going to be a billion possible things. And what are the chances that we're the one that's actually the base case? But that's predicated on the, the concept that we're continuing to innovate. We're continuing right. to innovate. So, so how, how could we cease that cycle of destruction? So I don't know. Maybe this is like a simplistic way to look at it. But like every time I open my computer... It informs me that updates were not installed. <laughs> and what I like to update in an hour or overnight. Congratulations, or, your updates were installed. And never, I just They've don't never see been never right. as an option. But I just feel... No, never is not an option. You're right. It's not an option. <laughs> and every time, every day, because I just, I say later, you know. Right. Remind put me it tomorrow, off for, remind you know, me later. And I think that we should just have a moratorium on updates update. for like 10 years. No the, app I mean, updates. Look, my computer works well. My phone work well on everything what would be the worst thing if it would just work today like it works in 10 years I, nothing I, it's I'm fine happy. We're, we're fine we're evolved humans I, like <laughs> why do i every time i open the uber app which is pretty infrequently maybe like once a month i'll call an uber right and it tells me i can't use it unless i update the app why why does the basic everything I mean, works fine already we're, we're living in a world of magic here here's the problem Rachel, you are questioning our tech overlords. <laughs> <laughs> and it's even worse than that. If you were to write this in the New York Times, and I looked at the front page of the website, the home page of the website, I might click on it thinking you were a tech reporter. <laughs> <laughs> and worse, you wouldn't even have a byline. Would, no byline. No, no, shut it down. No, this is terrible. Rachel, we're, uh, we're running a little long here. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give us one more <laughs> so, item yeah, before just, we get to our I, yups? Um, I just want to give a bit of an update. Uh, last week, we had dueling elephants in the room. Yes. And we, but there can only be one mastodon. There can only be one. <laughs> so we took a poll to see which one had the bigger tusks. And by a landslide, um, Omarosa, okay, with Manigault, Omarosa versus Grimes, Stallworth, Hogwarts, Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> was the elephant in the room, not Grimes. Okay, good. And also, uh, that's borne out because her story has continued into this week, whereas Grimes is... You know, it's just, sort of petered out, although petered we were out. listening to Grimes as we were getting ready yes. to the podcast. But I want to give a shout out to Howard Rhodes, a statistician <laughs> who tweeted at us that he agreed that it was the weekend lockup of Azalea Banks <laughs> by Grimes. <laughs> that was a larger I elephant. Agree too. I agree, and too. And so, Howard, we are the minority <laughs> in this poll, but, you but know, it's the minority we report. trudge on. We're the precogs. We are the precogs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so do you have an overall to update yeah, though? Yeah. She's the yes. winner. So um last night, Hardball with Chris Matthews, who has like the most annoying voice in oh, all of so the land. Annoying. I'm sorry. He was uh teasing this bombshell video that Omarosa was about to drop that she shot while working on the Trump. Campaign. One of her two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he unveiled it at, at seven PM just as Trump was starting his like cult rally in West Virginia and it was basically just a shot of Michael Cohen entering an airplane. <laughs> it, it was like B-roll. It was uh -huh. kind of anticlimactic. And, but her point was that he was on the campaign plane and he was much more involved in the campaign than he said he was. But she's got more That's tapes. Subtle. That's she's subtle. not backing down. There's going to be another one. She's, she's got gonna, receipts. She's, she's got, got receipts. receipts. And I'm just like astonished that Omarosa was basically walking around the Trump campaign and walking around the West Wing wearing a wire with like a GoPro <laughs> strapped to her walked, head. She's on the runway with a GoPro. <laughs> and oh nobody, God. like they were so busy grifting Birkin bags that they didn't even notice. 
<laughs> she had like a miner's lamp on her head with a GoPro. <laughs> and, like, and like a selfie stick. And she's just like a tripod. Do you, do you think the Birkin bags had cameras in them? <laughs> Maybe that's Absolutely. why they're that's so the valuable. Well, thank you for the follow-up. No, it's terrible. <laughs> Hopefully terrible. we'll never mention Omarosa Oh, again, my God. But no. I have a feeling we will. Like Elon and Grimes, no. No. No, okay. This is the part of the podcast that everybody waits for. I don't know why people even listen to the first 30 minutes of this podcast. We wind up with these yups. These are the things that provide us with the beacon of light, the reason that we live through the week, the reason we do not, like, commit Harry carries with the people, kamikaze pilots. They pilot. spit at our feet. They spit at our feet on the streets. They're like, why do you remind me of these terrible things that are happening to me every day? This is why, because they listen all the way to the end for the yups. For the yups. And Rachel, this week... This week, our, our yup goes to you, Walt. And I have to say, like, I used to read your column before I joined the Wall Street Journal. Uh-huh. And it was really one of the reasons I wanted to work there. Oh, that's I, very kind of you. I, Thank um, you. Because yeah, all I, the other articles were despicable. Were despicable. <laughs> Horrible. Like, I, you know, I came of age in a time when technology wasn't ubiquitous. So it was all very confusing to me. I didn't have an email account until my senior year of college. So you helped me navigate technology. So thank you. Yup to you. Thank um, you. And we'd like to talk about... And we wanted to talk about your involvement with the News Literacy Project, which is the most important issue of our time. It is. Yeah. So um, it is a yup. And um, basically, if I could just summarize it is, there is hope for your children. Thank you. There is hope for your children. And there is hope for your children to be critical thinkers and not merely test takers. So... What do I mean by that? Um, we all know about fake news, not what Trump calls fake news, but actual fake news, Alex Jones-style fake news and other fake news, Russia-style fake news. I guess Iran is now also doing yeah. fake news. And um, how do you teach people how to tell real news from fake news? How do you teach them what journalists do? Because the New York Times is certainly not helping with the new homepage. What do you do? How do you teach them what the First Amendment is? Well, the News Literacy Project has a digital curriculum that goes into middle schools and high schools where they are going to be voters, sometimes within a matter of months, sometimes within a matter of a few years. And we are we had a 14-lesson curriculum that any teacher anywhere in the world can use to uh, integrate into their social studies class, their English class, whatever class they want, and it teaches kids how to tell the truth from fiction when they see a story shared on uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at least until Mark Zuckerberg clears out all the fake <laughs> right. news, and, or on t- Twitter if they're on Twitter, or on Instagram, uh, even though very famous authors are writing captions there, <laughs> and it uh, um, also puts them in the position of being journalists. So there are lessons where they're actually uh, – uh, have to pretend to be journalists. They get scored on this. Uh, they get, have to interview people. They have to decide who's credible, who's not credible. They have to put together a web page. They have to decide what stories matter and what stories don't matter. In the middle of it, we throw a breaking news story at them that they have to figure out. Has it been properly reported? Should I put it on there? So they get right into the trenches and they understand where this fits into our democracy. And you know, m- many, many people, I think I saw Paul that said most people cannot name what's in the First Amendment, but we teach this. Uh-huh. And I'm only, I say we because I should explain, I'm on the board. I'm very proud to be on the board. I don't run it. We have a great staff. It's a small staff. Uh, 
but we have great supporters, a lot of foundations. Jeff Bezos is, is a mm. supporter. And um, it's really what I'm doing in my retirement is, is helping uh, to run the News Literacy Project, which I think is, part, in a way, part of resisting the horrifying trends that are going on all around us. Yeah. Yep, I could think of It's great because it's not just shouting and screaming and, you know, it's actually doing something, reaching the people. I mean, I think about these kids. I know some of them. And they don't even have the, like, moral or intellectual framework to understand the concept. Like, we all came up. We were all journalists at one point, right? Right. Uh, I'm not anymore. But we understood what it meant to write a truthful story, to have reliable sources, to check your facts, to do all these things. Well, and if you didn't, there were editors who would tell you to... And if Try you again. You get fired because you're not a real journalist, yeah. right? And that whole concept has just been decimated. Well, it's worse than that. Civics is not taught yeah. in most schools in most parts of the country. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a comeback happening, thankfully, and we are part of that with, with our curriculum. But um, this is – it's not – we don't really talk about how a bill becomes a law and some of the other things in civics. But the First Amendment-centric part of civics and the role of journalism and and – how do you become a really it's critical thinking is what we are contributing and teachers love it. And uh, we think we estimate we've reached over a million kids and we have uh, we've kind of it's a premium model. So on the premium part, we have direct registrations. We know we've reached 100,000 kids doing that. Mm -hmm. And we have a very ambitious goal to go to millions of kids and tens of thousands of teachers. So that's, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm doing in retirement. Yeah, yeah, and look, not to make it about us, but you know, yeah, we people think of us as a comedy podcast, but I think people who listen know what we actually care deeply about. We, and, news literacy, right? And yeah. which is literacy about news. Yeah. Like this is a funny way. Like maybe this is hubris, but the way John Stewart did 10, 15 years ago, I think the way to make a lot of people care before about he sex, was a goat <laughs> herder. <laughs> goat herder. The way to make people care about stuff is to make them laugh. Get their attention, however the fuck you have to. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and we do have actual journalists leading these lessons, videos uh, of these journalists leading these lessons. We just launched version two. Maybe you two could be in version three. You never yeah, know. We'd be honored. We'd love to be. We, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, look, I'm going to reach out to our uh, listeners and em- employ. If you're a teacher or an educator, go on the website like I did and go and you can sign up and get more information. If you're just a regular schmo like me, you can go on. I donated this morning. Me too. You, please go on go and on make and a donate. donation. We'll, we'll God bless you. This stuff ain't cheap. Yep. Right? Someone's got to pay someone. Right. And uh, so please do that as well. And we'll uh, put a link in the show notes. We'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, and you look. gave more than Jeff Bezos, I believe. Is that right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I'm working on it. I'll make it monthly. So that I, <laughs> I see. So okay. That I, so yeah, he, didn't money. he didn't He didn't raise that possibility. He just said, here's some money. Okay. Then, well, I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure I didn't match that. But please, like, look, we're setting, no, we'll an, take ex- any we're amount set, of money. We're setting an example here. Please follow... Uh, our lead and and give a little something if you are a teacher an educator if you know one tell them about it tell them about this just like you should tell them about this podcast
we're not we're not on the same moral high ground. <laughs> like first first news literacy project, then this week in nope. Exactly. But if you are inspired, but look, you can do. I'm doing both. You do both, absolutely. <laughs> They're yeah. not mutually. They're completely that, compatible. That Venn diagram yeah. <laughs> does intersect. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh my this god, has been, I'm so honored. Right. Oh, this has been. There's amazing. never been a greater greater example of a terrible week and a wonderful podcast. Don't you agree, Rachel? I agree. It's, right. I, the the moral pendulum is swinging. My cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I, I can't control it. I don't okay. Know. Thank you so much. We we've had a, a real uptick in our listenership, especially international. In right? Amsterdam. We had, we had a huge surge in Amsterdam <laughs> Thank this you, week. Amsterdam. Is that true? Yeah. Have absolutely. they opened a razzle dazzle there or something? <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> they are they're they're on the short they're list, very right? Very into mullets there right. right now. Okay, so please subscribe if you enjoy this podcast. Five stars only. Don't give us four, don't give us three. Don't bother. Right? Just don't bother. Just stop listening. If you don't love it, like this is free. If you don't like it, don't Go away. listen. Don't listen. It's not like it's a show that you pay We're for. We're not it. forcing you to listen. No, no. We answer to nobody. No. We're unmanageable. <laughs> okay. can, can I add a yes, quick message? Please. Yes. This message is aimed at the mattress companies of America. Casper, etc. Uh, Casper's just one. Okay. There are many. Yep. They sponsor almost all the podcasts Everybody. in the world and they're way overdue in sponsoring this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> we both take a half day off of work to do this every week, and we need I know. to start making And, and you are, you're high-value podcasters. That's right. Who deserve some compensation. So Mattress Companies of America, Call get us. on the ball and sponsor This Week Thank in Note. Quality, <laughs> quality content deserves to be compensated. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been a great podcast. Um, we'll see you again next week. Uh, we'll keep shooting the moon. We're coming up. This is episode 40. We're coming episode up on our 40. one year anniversary oh, in, a, so. in a couple of months. This is amazing. Yep. This is, you know, shatters my every hope and dream. I'm so <laughs> happy. <laughs> I'm sad that this is my hope and dream. But This it's is like more, a higher hope and dream than impeachment? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'll put that. that that's that's what I want. Jared in handcuffs. All I want for Christmas is Jared in handcuffs. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. This has been This Week in Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common.